Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York, Six Weeks to Fitness podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, welcome to episode 165 of my Six Weeks to Fitness podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If I were to tell you that you can build a lean, toned physique without cardio or crunches, you probably wouldn't believe me. But my next guest, Caitlin Jones, creator of Dish Crunches Forever, has been teaching her clients how to do just that. Why don't you need crunches if you want abs? And what do we sort of replace them with? So there's a 20-minute instructional video answering all those questions. There's two follow-along workouts to pick from. One is entirely body weight. One is with dumbbells. So whether you have equipment or not, you can participate. And then the third sort of, the last video is really, how do we take what we learned and how do we apply it to our training in all sorts of environments using these concepts? Um, There's also a downloadable PDF. It's about 30 different exercises that will strengthen your core without doing a single sit-up cardio or crunch. These are effective exercises proven by science and approved by me. Caitlin Jones is a certified personal trainer, fitness coach, health and mindset coach, and entrepreneur. She helps busy professionals create lean, toned physiques without cardio or crunches. With nearly a decade in the fitness industry, she has helped hundreds of clients achieve their specific goals. Her online course, Dish Crunches Forever, helps people to lose weight, tone up, and reveal the sexy abs they have always wanted. Caitlin is also a professional dancer who has expanded her teaching specialties to function and strength, boxing and cycling classes. Whatever the methodology, Caitlin delivers to each class her highest energy, excellent musicality, and a true love for helping others feel their best. And I'm pleased to welcome Caitlin Jones to my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good, Vince. That was the best introduction ever. I think um, I need you to follow around and and give me that introduction everywhere I go. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, this introduction precedes you, my dear, and I'm sure it doesn't do justice okay. to who you are. <laughs> oh, you're, you're so fine. But before we talk about your online course, uh, Ditch Crunches Forever, and how you help clients to build lean physiques without doing cardio and crunches, I really right. want to hear about that. But let's talk about your journey into health and fitness. Where did it all begin for you, Caitlin? Oh, man, almost on accident. You know, I was in college. Um, a bunch of girlfriends of mine loved Zumba. And there was a group of instructors in the Pittsburgh area who did a class at a bar. But during the day, but they sort of, it, it was this party atmosphere, this party vibe. It was four different instructors throwing a 90-minute dance party up on stage, huge dance floor, the lights, the music was so loud. It was awesome. Um, and some folks would, you know, go on to happy hour or dinner afterward, and, and it just made the most fun Wednesday night. So I started going to that with some friends. It was contagious. It was seriously a movement. Like the group of us that started 
loyally going to this class every single week grew to about 10 or 20 women from my sorority going every week. Like, no lie, we'd bring 20 people. It was crazy. Um, so it was just a lot of fun. And I had grown up dancing. So it wasn't that much longer until the instructors sort of noticed. I was doing a good job picking up the choreography. We built a relationship before and after class, just chatting. They knew I was a big fan. And they were like, you know, you're, you're not too bad at this yourself. Have you ever thought about getting certified, Zumba certified? So I did. I was pretty quickly and easily able to get a job teaching a few classes each week on my college campus. So it was very organic. I think the fact that I have this dance background and then my first foray into the fitness world was teaching dance cardio happened very naturally. From there, I went to New York City and I did start working as a professional dancer. And that's when the whole teaching dance cardio thing started to become more of a, a problem. It was actually way too much on my feet and way too much on my joints to be performing all night taking dance classes and going to auditions all day and then be jumping around and, and shaking my hips some more in between at these dance cardio classes. It was just way too much on my body. So I started to get more interested in weightlifting, being that it's lower impact on the joints. Um, started teaching in a few different studios more along those lines. And that's when I really saw some incredible, incredible changes in my body uh, was from lifting weights. So that's, that's really where we focus a lot nowadays. Very interesting. Now, did you have any weight issues growing up? I did not. I, I, I mean, I didn't have any, I know I didn't have any issues managing my weight. Um, it's coming from the dance world. It's, it's a little bit the opposite problem. It's more like struggling with body image and feeling like you need to lose weight or be thinner. Um, I definitely had my, my hardships there when I was 14, 15, I had an eating disorder for pretty much the full year. Um, for reference, I'm about five foot seven now and 145 pounds. And at my lightest, I was 99 pounds at my thickest. So with wow. the help of a therapist and, um, and just a more positive outlook on food and exercise, you know, I was luckily able to get out of that really dark place. And in a way, I'm so grateful that I had that experience when I did because, you know, eight years later in the professional dance world, that that's really when I was getting a lot of feedback about my body. I had a lot of other people telling me how I should look. And I had already sort of done a lot of this work of like, I had already gone to that really dark place. I was like, you know what? No one's ever gonna make me feel like that again. Like, I am enough, I am worthy, you know, I'm not going to starve myself to, to reach any insane aesthetic outcome. And so in a way, I'm really glad I have that resilience with me in the professional dance world already. And I understand you actually moved to New York in 2014, correct? Correct, yes. So where are you originally from? I'm from the Pittsburgh area, born and raised, uh, went to high school here, went to college here. Really, the only places I've ever lived is Pittsburgh and New York. Even as we speak, you know, this is uh, this is December 2020. We're about nine months into this coronavirus journey. And even for the last nine months, it's been bouncing back and forth between my New York apartment and um, different places in Pittsburgh to spend more time with family. So now that I'm building an online business, it's sort of the first 
the light bulb is going off in my head where I'm like, oh, I can actually live somewhere other than Pittsburgh in New York City if I would like to. And so I'm starting to look at those options. Wow, really? Awesome. You know, and before we talk about the online business, I want to step back for a second because I run a nonprofit organization for kids called Body Scope of New York. And one of my community partners are the Brooklyn Nets organization. Phenomenal. And I understand that you all, you work with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Tell me about that experience. Oh, it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed dancing there. I danced um, as a Brooklyn Nets dancer for one year. After my time there, I transitioned to coaching for the Nets kids dance team. They have a very, very talented kids dance team. So for three years, I was part of the assistant coaching staff. I think the best part of you know, being associated with the Nets franchise is um, dancing for them in particular. Really, any New York or L.A. team, when it comes to the NBA or the NFL, obviously these teams are all over the country. But when you're in either New York or L.A., the dance scene there really converges with the professional sports scene. So we are working with famous choreographers to put our routines together for these you know, 90-second halftime routines, T-shirt tosses, whatever it may be. That was really the value in being with a team like the Nets. And, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets have such a unique style. Um, The NBA is sort of, you know, six years later, uh, when I was on the team, it was their second year being in Brooklyn uh, versus New Jersey. So with their new rebrand and everything, we were on the forefront of some really cool trends in the space. doing different styles, doing, you know, Latin dancing and Caribbean dancing. And, you know, we would do like a traditional Chinese dance and bring in a traditional Chinese choreographer to do that. Every dance has a theme, a prop, a costume. Like the production value was just so high in a way that only New York City can do it, in a way that only Brooklyn can do it. And it was phenomenal to really be seen as these trendsetters in the space. And to this day, I'm the biggest fan of the Brooklyn Nets. Like they still, they still put on a show every single time and it's amazing to watch. I'm glad to hear that. I too am a (laughs) fan. Yeah, definitely. Now, how did you go from cheerleader to personal trainer? Yeah, it really came with the, um, you know, going back to dancing, dancing, dancing all the time. My first two years in New York. It's just a lot on the joints. And I have a history of stress fracturing the ball of my right foot, um, which has been an ongoing struggle. And also I'm grateful for it because it taught me that you can get an incredible full body workout without your feet ever leaving the floor. And that, you know, you mentioned at the, in the introduction, Vince, about how I, I sort of promised my clients, you can get lean and toned without cardio and without crunches. So I really come from this place of when I was in the professional dance world and I'm getting all this feedback, whether it was from my coaches on the Brooklyn Nets or from various casting directors or agents, everyone's kind of saying the same thing, which is like lean is in right now. Abs are a trend right now. Like we, we sort of need more abs. And it's kind of funny because trends change with time. This has nothing to do with true health and wellness, right? This is purely an aesthetic. Nowadays, it's sort of like for women, it's all about like the booty and everyone wants to grow the glutes, right? And that we've sort of seen that shift. 
from more of a small waist and defined abs to really, you know, your butt being like the thing that everyone wants. And yes, strong glutes are important for a healthy, strong body. Yes, a strong core is important for a healthy, strong body. But these aesthetic focuses, it's just, it's totally based on people's opinion and it changes with the time. So I really want abs, right? Because everyone's telling me I need them. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to do crunches and sit-ups and Russian twists. That's going to help tone my midsection. And I'm going to do a ton of cardio to burn a ton of calories to hopefully shed fat so that you can see, you know, all of the definition that I'm creating in my abs. What that did was it caused undue amounts of stress in my body. It was way too much cardio. I think when you count up all of the dance practices I was going to, all of the dance classes I was taking, the auditions I was going to, plus the classes I was teaching, plus, you know, walking around New York City is a cardio workout in and of itself. I mean, I was doing moderate or higher intensity cardio for like 20 hours a week. And I wanted to die. Like it, it, I just, something had to give. Um, yeah. So sort of because I was just exhausted and burnt out and I couldn't keep running and I couldn't keep dancing and biking and all the things I was doing. And I, you know, my foot was acting up. I was starting to, to have some concerns be raised about having another stress fracture in my foot. I was like, okay, feet need to stay on the ground. What can I do? And I started getting more into weights and it was just radical. The change I saw in my body after three to six months of, you know, three times a week, strength training, full body, functional fitness. Um, I wanted to just shout from the rooftops, like, hello, like this is probably the thing a lot of you are neglecting because the cardio and crunches approach, it right. seems logical. Like it, it would make sense, but there, there's, now I understand more why the weights work. I got my personal training certification so that I can teach others this methodology. Very interesting. And so you created an online program called Ditch Crunches Forever. All right. So now this is what you're talking about. How So you don't do as much cardio now. You don't, do, you don't even do crunches. Correct. I never do crunches. I never do sit-ups. I never do Russian twists. And my abs are easily the most defined and visible they've ever been in my life. Um, cardio is an interesting definition. So I teach my clients that cardio is anything which elevates your heart rate above resting um, and that there's different intensities. So we can focus on doing full body strength training exercises, think squats, push-ups, deadlifts, um, bent over rows or pull-ups, you know, something pulling, right? Even like farmer's carry, we might throw in a few burpees for a few sets of 30 seconds. And by actually just minimizing rest in between these exercises, the client or the person in question performing the exercises is going to experience an elevated heart rate. So it's not that I'm saying there is nothing worthwhile about elevating your heart rate. It's more that I think someone who, who wants to lose weight is likely, you know, potentially overvaluing cardio in their entire approach. If they're spending a lot of time doing cardio and then not really enough time doing strength training, which I would argue for minimum, minimum two sessions per week, full body, yes, then it's going to be really hard to, to gain any momentum. We need muscle on the body. Um, it looks nice. You know, when people say they want to look lean and they want to look toned, 
they, they want to build muscle, they want visible muscles. Um, and also it helps us move through life pain free. It makes everyday activities much easier, such as, you know, just simple things, walking up and down hills, moving your groceries around, picking up your kids or your nieces or your nephews or whatever it may be. And having muscle increases your metabolism. So it's actually going to help you burn more calories at rest. And I think that's what really hits home for most of my clients is you can, you can research different types of workouts, what's the most effective, what burns the most calories until you're blue in the face. But right. we were at rest most of the time. We are a sitting society, unfortunately. We're a yes. mostly sedentary society. So I'm not really trying. I, I don't want a client to come to me. I'm not going to tell them, hey, you're going to burn more calories with me than you are with the other guy or the other girl or the other trainer. What I'm going to do is I'm going to help you put some really healthy, nice looking, uh, good to have for all sorts of health reasons, muscle on your body. And what that's going to do is it's going to help you burn calories when you're not in the gym so that you don't get stuck in this endless cycle, this endless loop of more, more, more cardio to lose weight. And then even more cardio to sustain it because the second I stop running seven days a week, you know, it, the weight just comes back on. We really want to break that cycle. And it's, I, I know that strength training is the way to do it. Hmm. It, now also, are you, would you say your training is also partially high intensity interval training as well? So there's high intensity interval training um, has been, how do I put this? There's several different types of workouts out there that, claim to be high intensity interval training, some of which are Tabata approach, some of which are just a boot camp that's very difficult, very challenging. Um, you know, what is an interval? It's some amount of work interspersed with some amount of rest. So don't get me wrong, the programs that I write for my clients absolutely do incorporate intervals of various types. I would say with regards to intensity, um, I, I sort of, I take a holistic approach at my client's entire life, right? There are all sorts of stressors that goes on in a person's life, um, of, of which fitness is one. And also sleep and how well someone is sleeping is another. Um, their work, their relationships, their financial situation. You, you know, COVID was a huge stressor for a lot of people. All of these things affect our, our cortisol levels. Now, if someone is sleeping eight hours a night, you know, pretty set in their career, in very happy, fulfilling relationships, uh, eating enough, and their cortisol is generally, you know, low or low to moderate, then there's someone who can handle high-intensity movement, whether it's, you know, we're, we're dubbing it high-intensity interval training or not, um, they can handle a higher-intensity, longer bouts of training, and that will work just fine with it for them, and that will accelerate their results. Uh, some folks come into the gym, and they, they hear that high-intensity interval training is the best workout, burns the most calories, and it's how they should be spending their time. But if this person is sleeping six hours a night, um, work on their computer answering emails late into the night, uh, maybe they're under-eating, right, because they really want to lose weight, and they're really committed but the lack of sleep is increasing their cortisol. Their boss is increasing their cortisol. 
under eating is actually potentially increasing their cortisol. And now I haven't even gotten into daily hormonal fluctuations of cortisol, monthly hormonal fluctuations if this is a woman or a woman identifying person whose hormones follow a 28-day cycle, which also affects cortisol. High intensity is not for everyone. That's another myth I'd really like to bust because, you know, our body, it could be counterproductive. If we're not taking a holistic approach to wellness and therefore cortisol, and we're just, we're feeling like, oh, high intensity every day, more is more. More is not always more. Sometimes less is more. And sometimes less intensity is going to bring you closer to your goals faster by managing your cortisol. Nice, nice. Now, do you work out of a gym? <laughs> Currently, oh my gosh, Vince, I, I would love to. Right now, what with uh, local guidelines and whatnot, I work totally digitally. It's really incredible space. Um, it's been a learning experience, a, a po overall positive one, learning how to build and maintain, rela maintain relationships with my clients without the in-person component. Um, I, I miss it, of course. Like, I miss training face-to-face. -face. I miss teaching to uh, a packed room of people. Um, it's just, it's not exactly potentially a safe option right now. So I think in the future, I'd love to settle on some hybrid of online and in person because they both have their advantages. Definitely. Now, in regards again to your program, Dish Crunches Forever, how much of it relies upon diet? Mm. So I actually have two sort of signature programs here. Dish Crunches Forever is a free mini course. Um, anyone who's listening to this show right now, if you're interested in any of the methodologies I just, just discussed, why strength training over cardio, you know, where does cortisol sort of play a part into all of this? I highly recommend taking Ditch Crunches Forever. Like I said, totally free. Can usually be found at the link in my Instagram bio at Caitlin Jones. Um, so Ditch Crunches Forever is just a three-part mini-series. In the first video, we go over metabolism, how building muscle affects metabolism, why, why don't you need crunches if you want abs, and what do we sort of replace them with? So there's a 20-minute instructional video answering all those questions. There's two follow-along workouts to pick from. One is entirely body weight. One is with dumbbells. So whether you have equipment or not, you can participate. And then the third sort of the last video is really how do we take what we learned and how do we apply it to our training in all sorts of environments using these concepts. Um, there's also a downloadable PDF. It's about 30 different exercises that will strengthen your core without doing a single sit-up cardio or crunch. These are effective exercises proven by science and approved by me to work for building a lean toned stomach. Now, the more in-depth program that I offer, Fitness Fluency, that's a 12-week total life transformation. And of course, Vince, we do talk about nutrition and fitness fluency. I take a very, um, oh man, how do I, what's the best way to explain this? For me, nutrition is all about abundance. It's all about the steps that we do take, the foods that we do eat, the foods that we do include, and I don't really like to cut out entire food groups or ban any foods for my clients because the second I tell uh, someone I'm working with, hey, by the way, those cookies, you know, I know you love chocolate chip cookies, but uh, for eight weeks, eight weeks we're going no cookies. 
all that client can think of when she walks out of the conversation with me is cookies, cookies, cookies. Darn it. Caitlin said, no cookies for me. I can't do this. You know, we sort of start to take this all or nothing mindset. So I really prescribe habits for my clients. We'll take, you know, I usually look at, we'll do a three-day photo journal Uh, for three days. They just take pictures of whatever they eat. They upload, upload it to a shared photo journal that I have access to. At the end of three days, um, we sort of work our way up the health pyramid. I personally believe and prescribe that the foundation of any healthy diet is an abundance of colorful plants. Is someone's diet colorful? Because it's not just macronutrients, fats, proteins, and carbohydrates that matter. It's also vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, all of these wonderful micronutrients that keep us strong, that prevent us from getting sick, that give us energy, that make our skin and our hair appear healthy. Um, So we start there. Now we sort of then move on to protein. You know, the first macronutrient that I really check for is, is a client getting enough protein. So usually just with those two sort of big, you know, check marks alone, we'll create habits. Um, I might say to a client, hey, all I need you to do, the only thing you're going to change for us this week is at your lunch every day, I don't want you to change a thing, except I want you to add two cups of leafy greens. This could be on the side of a sandwich. This could be, um, you know, you're having a rice dish or a noodle dish, whatever it is, like, it's small enough that you can commit to it. Maybe it's a handful of baby carrots in the afternoon. Maybe it's a few cups of berries with your oatmeal in the morning. If you're having plain oatmeal, I might say, hey, can, I, just, I want a cup of berries on there. Or maybe an apple if it's the fall and berries aren't in season, but let, let's get some fruit going in there. Um, so we sort of just layer on these really small changes, small but consistent. I need something that my client is confident they can maintain 80 to 90% of the time because we are what we repeatedly do. And if we try to change too much all at once, we're in this all or nothing mindset. The second, you know, someone slips up, they go, oh, I can't do it. I'm a failure. I'm just going to go back to my old way of eating. And then that's, that's really the cycle, again, that we're trying to break here. Nice. Now, this is part of the 12 program, correct? Correct. Yeah. So fitness fluency, we absolutely dive into nutrition because I'm so glad you asked that, Vince. Fitness isn't really necessarily the place to start if you're looking to make a radical change to your health and wellness. I actually teach that sleep is where most folks should be starting. If you're not getting at least seven hours a night, we really need to start there. Um, sleep is just, it, it's nature's medicine. It's, it's an incredible thing. How has the COVID-19 pandemic affected your, your fitness business? Um, it's like, it's a totally different landscape. I mean, completely different. Um, prior to COVID, I was spending a lot more time in a group fitness environment. Um, so I, I worked for someone else, you know, I I taught for a cycling company, but in terms of clients, my reach was, you know, no exaggeration in the thousands. I would, you know, over a month's time. I would have taught two thousands of unique riders uh, just through those classes alone. My personal training business wasn't a major focus of mine. Um, I did have a handful of clients on the side who were just friends or residual from uh, uh, days of you know earlier days where personal training was a large larger focus of mine. But then COVID, everything entirely shut down. Pretty much anyone who was interested in cycling 
you know, got on the Peloton platform or on a more you know, equally established uh, platform such as that. And my employer didn't really have that same um, setup. So to be honest, I tried a lot of different things just to see what stuck. I did like some boot camps on Zoom. I did some dance cardio classes on Zoom. At one point I was sort of like uh, teaching cycling class. I had bootlegged like a cycling methodology together and you could do it on any bike. You know, you could do it on an incumbent bike. It was just, or a recumbent bike. Um, that went on for about a month or two. And it was sort of the same thing where people, I wasn't necessarily offering personal training at the start. I definitely wasn't offering a ditch crunches forever or fitness fluency, but it was more people approaching me and really asking for what they wanted and what they needed. And when enough people came to me and were like, you know, I'm looking for personal training. I said, okay, how's this package? You know, we sort of arrive at something that they're willing to pay and I'm willing to work with. And um, we go from there. After about my fifth client approaching me for training, I was like, okay, this is it. This was all really effortless <laughs> up until this point. So I think that this is probably the thing that works for me right now. And that's, that's where I started pouring my focus into. Nice, nice. And as you said, this is something that you can do. You don't have to be in New York. You could be anywhere and conduct these online programs, right? Yeah, it's so cool. It's honestly really cool because in this last year, I have spent more time with family than I've ever been able to do. And, um, you know, I can go to mom's house for like a week or two and then spend, you know, half a week over at my sister's helping babysit her kids and and I, as long as I just take my computer with me, if I have a space that I can move in, um, and, you know, I, I drive places now. I haven't been flying anywhere. It's all places within driving distance. So I can bring a few kettlebells. As long as I have that pretty simple setup, it's like, you know, I'm the business. I show up. I give sessions. I program a lot. Of, like, so much of it's online. People would be surprised to see how much time I spend <laughs> at my computer nowadays, just, uh, you know, we're, edu we're educating on social media. That's a big one. I'm, tr I'm keeping my online community engaged. I send out email blasts and I'm building out my website and I'm working on the back end and even accounting and insurance. Like there's a lot more that goes into it than people realize. And it's, it's absolutely changed from the days of just like show up, teach the class on the bike to a room of 70 people, go home. <laughs> that feels like, <laughs> archaic it's crazy it's crazy to think just nine months ago that that's that's what i was doing oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> where can my listeners find out more about caitlin jones and give us your social media handles everything we need to know about your programs and how we can reach out to you absolutely so my instagram is just my name no spaces no underscores no nothing it's caitlin c-a-i-t-l-i-n jones I've been keeping up with the Joneses. That's an yes. awesome way to stay in touch. <laughs> I know, right? Keeping up with the Joneses. It's an amazing way to stay in touch. Really, uh, you know, everything that I have to say, everything that I have to share, Instagram gets it first. Um, you know, generally the link in my Instagram bio will lead you to Ditch Crunches Forever, my free mini video series. Um, oh, you know, please, please message me. If you're trying to get access to Ditch Crunches Forever and you can't find it, or you just want to say hi, or you have a specific question about your own nutrition, fitness, whatever it may be, I love 
expanding my online community. And I will voice memo you back and forth until the day is done, listening to where you're at in your fitness journey and just purely asking how I can help. I would love to know. So please, please do not hesitate to reach out. Wow, sounds really good. I'm sure you will hear from somebody. Excellent. But Caitlin Jones, on behalf of Body Scope of New York and Six Weeks of Fitness, I want to thank you for coming on my show today. Of course, Vince. Thank you for having me. It was really enjoyable conversation. Oh, you're great. And to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, encouraging, and inspiring, and that you will continue tuning in to our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my Six Weeks of Fitness blog at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vince at sixweeks.com. Take care. Bye-bye.